Hi, this is Kara Swisher, host of Recode Decode. Before we start today's episodes, I want to remind you that I'll be in Austin for South by Southwest this year. It's always a really fun event to attend, and this year I'm looking forward to interviewing Christiane Amanpour, CNN's chief international correspondent. We're going to talk about journalism in 2018, the Me Too movement, and her new series, Sex and Love Around the World. If you want to see this interview live, visit sxsw.com. You can purchase a badge to see not only us, but all the inspiring conference sessions, music, films, and other awesome stuff they're doing down there. That's sxsw.com. See you there. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as someone who thinks Robert Mueller should investigate how the Russians are trying to catch Rocky and Bullwinkle. But in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or just visit recode.net slash podcasts for more. Today, we're going to play an interview I conducted at the 2018 Lesbians Who Tech Summit in San Francisco. I talked to Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg about tech backlash, the Me Too movement, and how Facebook is dealing with Russian meddling. Let's take a listen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh. Cheryl, I'm so glad I finally got you here after begging you for years. Um, but I do, I, I do want to apologize just at the start. Last year at Lesbians Who Tech, you weren't here, I noticed. Um, <laughs> uh, I interviewed Megan, who you work with at Google, and we were trying to decide who was the top lesbian in tech, because it had to be one of us, either Megan or I, um, obviously. Um, and then I said, actually, it's Cheryl Stamberg with a drink in her. Three drinks. <laughs> I think it was three drinks. <laughs> um, I think you are the top lesbian in tech. So I'm super excited to be here because what you do, just to take a serious moment, is so important because we need more diversity in tech, we need more women in tech. And the fact that you all are here gathering together and committed is absolutely huge. I actually, I mean, we all love Kara. Kara has been outspoken in every way possible. She holds companies like ours to task. She is a champion of this conference and this community. So we all admire her deeply, but I come bearing a little bit of bad news. All right, let me hear. I'm not sure she's like the greatest lesbian. <laughs> Here's why. Here's why. I'm gonna tell a true story. You saw those nice pictures of us together, so Kara's interviewed me many times, and the last time was about a year ago, yep. and I, I didn't do it well, so I was wearing a dress. And when you're wearing a dress and they try to mic you in the back, you know, the guy doesn't know how to do it, like put it on your bra. So Kara, who's a kind friend, volunteered to help the, in this case, clueless man. I'm not saying all men are clueless. I'm saying in this case, right. clueless man. And she was supposed to, you know, put the mic so it hooked on my bra fell right down the dress. She couldn't find it. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Let me, we're gonna get to the actual. I'm just saying. You're just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just wanna say, in my defense, Viola Davis thought I was adorable. Um, 
one said you weren't adorable. Well, just saying, things happen. Um, and that dress was ridiculously tight, okay? It was like one of your smoke show dresses. And I'm just saying, I'm just right. reporting the facts to an right. interested okay. audience. Now that we've got that straight, I know you're trying to like lighten up the crowd so they'll like you, um, but um, <laughs> what I really want to do here is I'm going to go to serious now. We, when we were talking about this discussion, we want to talk a lot about diversity issues and this, for this crowd especially. But it would be remiss, it would, I, I would be remiss if I did not bring up how much uh, trouble Facebook has been in over the last year. Um, so let's talk serious. I am a good lesbian. I just want to start with that point. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, you wouldn't know. So you um, <laughs> maybe someday, probably not. <laughs> Meg Whitman is much more attractive than you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, she's not. She's totally not. She's totally not. Anyway, so... <laughs> um, um, in any case, I want to talk about Facebook and Russia. You guys, and, and against the broader backdrop of Silicon Valley, this has been a very bad year for Silicon Valley. And Facebook, Twitter, Google um, have all been in the crosshairs related to the election and what happened. And you, you and I have talked about it a lot. I've talked to a lot of your executives about it. Um, what blame, and, and, and just recently last weekend, I got into a fight with one other one of your executives on Twitter about the, where the blame lies, where the efforts are going. Can you sort of give us a, a statement about what's going on now and what you guys are doing and how, um, how you're going to fix this problem? Things happened in the last election on our platform that were unacceptable, that we were not prepared for. And we are taking that responsibility really seriously. There's nothing more important to us than the ability for people to express themselves freely. And that means we have to express themselves authentically. And people have to be who they are. Authentic identity has always been a hallmark of Facebook. And that did not happen here. So we have been very careful and very thorough to find everything we can and report it to the public and cooperate with the Mueller investigation and with Congress. And we're taking really strong steps. We're investing heavily in both people and technology to make sure we can do all we can to prevent these problems. We're a company of 20,000 people. We announced that we had 10,000 people working on this. We then had 14. We're gonna go up to 20 by the end of the year. And we're investing so much in AI and machine learning that we announced it's gonna hit our profitability. We're working very closely with election commissions all around the world. We know this is a new form of a very old problem, and you and I have talked about this. People have tried to undermine our democracy and our values and have tried to use any platform available to do so. And so we take this incredibly seriously. We're working hard. We, we're definitely playing catch-up, and we acknowledge that, but we are working hard to get ahead and stay ahead for the future. Do you imagine you built a platform where it's impossible not to abuse it or malevolent actors not to use it? Because it's not just, it, it, people have in the past tried to upset elections, but this is, this is weaponized. They weaponized your platform, Twitter's platform, Google, YouTube at Google. I talked to Susan Wojcicki about this, who's CEO of. It, 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 these platforms inherently problematic that you cannot... They, they, unless you really start to make choices and value choices of what goes on your platform? Or is it something you all think you can solve? 
Any technology that's ever been invented has been used for good and bad, and there will always be bad people, and they've tried to use everything, from TV to radio to art platforms, and so that gets to our responsibility for the content on our platform and what we're going to do. So we've been very clear and had very strict community standards all along on authentic identity, which this completely violated, on hate, on bullying, on terrorism, and we work hard and vigilantly to find things and get them down and continue to evolve. And as people try to do the wrong thing on our platform, we just have a responsibility to work that much harder to prevent it. So for the 2018 election, as, uh, do you feel you're ready to have this not occur again? Because after Parkland, it wasn't as much on, no, it was on Facebook, it was on all the platforms. So when we think about elections, look, anytime anyone does any kind of abuse on our platform or any other, we're paying attention. We try to learn and prevent that abuse going forward, as well as anticipate the next forms. Certainly after the 2016 election and the things we didn't anticipate, we took many more proactive steps in France, in Germany, in the election that happened here in Alabama, and we're working hard with election commissions all over the world. We're going to take a quick break now for a word from our sponsors. We'll be back in a minute with Facebook's COO, Cheryl Sandberg. Today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how to find them. It's the smartest way to hire, and right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com decode. ZipRecruiter.com slash D-E-C-O-D-E. It was great having Katie Couric on Recode Decode recently. She's an award-winning journalist, a best-selling author, and she's actually a fellow podcast host, too. She's also a badass. Her show is called Katie Couric, and it features candid, unscripted conversations with the biggest names in news, politics, and popular culture. Hear from the likes of Sheryl Sandberg, Senator Cory Booker, Ina Garten, Laverne Cox, and Amy Schumer. It's all unexpected, unconventional, and unbuttoned up. Listen and subscribe on Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. The mood around people in Silicon Valley from the rest of the country. I think right now, um, and it's mostly the social media companies, I would say YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, less so Apple and others, is they hate us, they really hate us kind of thing. It's really, I mean, not to borrow from Sally Field, but there's a real sense that tech is hurting this country, whether it's addiction, whether it's, you know, bullying, whether it's uh, the abuse of these platforms. Do you think Silicon Valley can grow up? And then we're going to talk about diversity because that's one of the big issues. Well, I think we have to understand what's happening. And I think there are two major things that underlie this. One is that <coughs> there's a real fear of and feeling of economic insecurity. That technology has taken some people with it and either left other people behind or people are afraid they will be left behind. And that creates a very legitimate fear. The second is that as the tech companies have gotten big and so big, we have a really deep responsibility and that responsibility grows as we grow. And so... We need to address both sides of that, and that's what we're doing. On the responsibility side, we take responsibility for the content on Facebook, false news. People want accurate information, and we want to give it to them. So we've taken a number of steps there, that, which you know about. 
on content, terrorism, bullying, on getting the content down, on elections, and importantly, on well-being. We just launched a change just this year around meaningful social interactions, because if you look at people's time on Facebook, the time when they're engaged, when they're sharing, communicating, commenting, that has psychological well-being. It's very positive, and some of the well, other times less I mean, positive. Some of it is less positive, but we made a change, which is to really do more of the social sharing that the researchers believe is more positive, and do less of the other, which is less positive. So we're taking real steps. We also have to take steps on economic, on the economic situation facing people, and that's something we take really seriously. There are 70 million small businesses around the world that are using Facebook. 57% of them will say that they're hiring. More than half of hiring happens. And interestingly, in this country alone, there are 1.4 million small businesses run and started by LGBTQ entrepreneurs that are contributing 1.7 trillion dollars to our economy. Okay. Right. And I met. There's a woman. Who started in Seattle, um, Cupcake Royale, and she did it right. Okay, you know about it. So she did it after she came out, and every year during Pride Month, she donates a dollar for every cupcake she makes to the It Gets Better project. And we are doing community boost around the country、right. to, you know, make sure that we're、okay. investing in digital skills. I get that, but some of the things that are coming, and and you and I argue about this shiny, happy future that you think, and I think it's maybe not so happy and shiny. Um, but when you come in with automation, robotics, can Silicon Valley? And then I want to get right into diversity. I do want to talk a lot about diversity and Me Too because I think something we really need to focus in on.、Um, do you think Silicon Valley has gotten the message? Have you gotten the message that maybe、um, this sort of generalized optimism is probably something that people are a bit more serious about some of the issues facing our country? Well, we we are serious about the issues facing our country. So let's go back to jobs really quickly, because the economic insecurity is what is a lot of what you're talking about. So most job growth in the United States and around the world, more than half, comes from small businesses, and the small businesses that use Facebook, they're not tech businesses. They are powered by tech,、right. but they are the barber, the baker, Cupcake Royale,、right. and so we need to help address that. And we think one of the most important ways we can do that, and we take it very seriously, is working with small businesses, as well as digital skill training. I was in Detroit a while ago visiting one of our local partners. We are, we will have trained by the end of the year 2.5 million small businesses and people around the world on、okay. digital skills because we have a responsibility to make sure that technology doesn't just benefit some but benefits all. And that's where this audience, I think, really comes in. Do you think that people legitimately are? When you see the attacks on tech, do you think they have some le legitimate feelings that you all haven't been paying attention to your audience, really, or not? Maybe not. I mean, we've all gotten criticized, both our companies and personally. I'm sure everyone in this audience has felt that too. And there's parts that are legitimate, but what really matters is you figure out what your values are, what your responsibilities are, and you act on those. And we're doing all we can to do that. All right, we're going to move to Me Too and diversity. Um, obviously, Lean In was a big cultural. What do you call it? I don't know. What do you think? People noticed. <laughs>、um, so,、uh, when you did that, what would you think about the things you got wrong in Me Too? And, and I mean, Me Too. I'm sorry. In Lean In and how it relates to Me Too.、Um, talk a little bit about how you feel about what's happened in the past year with some real prices these horrible men have paid for their behaviors. 
Yeah, so I published Lean In almost five years ago, and Kara, thank you, because you encouraged me, and I needed that encouragement to put that out in the world. Um, And there's lots of things I got wrong. I've talked a lot about how, you know, in the ensuing years, I lost Dave, and I don't think I wrote enough about what it was to be a single mother, because I don't think I fully understood it. I'm not sure I fully understand it now, but boy, do I understand it differently. Me Too is so important. I mean, the pervasiveness of sexual harassment that women face, we all knew, but now everyone knows. And now the question is, what now? And this, I think, is so important, and I've been doing a lot of work on it with my foundation, which is that we need a world where women don't get sexually harassed. Full stop, period. Okay. But, yes, yes. But, but this is important. That's not enough. Not enough. We need a world where women, and women of color particularly, get equal opportunity. It is not enough not to harass us. That's good. (laughs) Necessary but not sufficient. And I've been worried about what I perceive of as the the potential unintended consequences. So a few weeks ago, my foundation, Lean In with SurveyMonkey, we did a survey, and here's what we found. Almost half, almost half of male managers in the U.S. today are afraid to do a common work activity with a woman, like have a meeting. Have a meeting. Senior men are three and a half times more likely to hesitate to have a work dinner with a junior woman than a junior man, five times more likely to hesitate to travel with a junior woman than a junior man. And that is a problem. Because I remember when I published Lean In five years ago, one of the most common responses I got from senior men was, you're right, I take the man out for drink, not the woman. I spend time with the man, not the woman. And that is the informal and formal mentoring time that women are not getting. And so everyone needs to behave appropriately all the time, but access needs to be equal. I believe people should be able to interact, including interact one-on-one in a work environment, and nothing bad should happen. But if you're not comfortable having dinner with women, do not have dinner with men. Right, okay. Because, yeah. Because, so so what do you think... And and sorry, we need to be explicit about this because I think this is quietly and insidiously happening. And we know that one of the reasons men have gotten promoted over women... Social issues. It's not that... It's not that they're more talented. It's... It's that... (laughs) 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 Applaud. I was once... I was once on a stage talking about Lean In and I really got catcalled, booed, it was really hard. And so I finally said, okay, let's be clear. Men are getting like 94% of the top jobs. So either you believe men are 94% more talented or something else is going on, I'm going with something else is going on. Right. And the catcall stopped. So, so when- But this is part of what's going on, is that informal oh. time and we have to make sure we don't backslide. So how do you, has Me Too made it Worse, because a lot of the backlash now is really disturbing. It's more like what you're talking about, not going out to dinner. It's sort of the Mike Pencing it. I have to Mike Pence it because mother wouldn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But what? How do you solve for that? Because you think me? Because right now with me too, it seems like many of the good men are like, I don't know what to say now, so I'm not going to say anything. I don't know what to do now, so I don't want to do anything. 
and and do you believe they've gotten to the heart of the real problem of sexual harassment? Because now you're moving, I think they've gotten quite a lot of the really bad offenders. But, you know, Harvey Weinstein is up in, you know, you know, he's rapey, right? So he just is. He's awful. He's a, he should be in prison, really. Um, but then there's what happens down here, which is the more minor uh, and, aggressions. And what happens... Not minor, but Outside the, of corporate America, right? I mean, think about the people who are still, you know, and people are working on this, but people who work in homes, people who work in the hospitality industry, the stories about women... And I've spoken to some of the union heads of this, women who are in housekeeping in hospitality and hotels. I mean, it is pervasive and awful. And we need to make sure that this moment of Me Too affects, you're right, all levels of sexual harassment, but also people wherever they work. And there are environments like working in other people's homes where there's even less protection. And so we need to make sure that this moment extends to everyone. But how do you do that? Because it feels like the backlash is strong. So... We need policy change. It is not good, and it's fantastic that women have spoken out and how brave they were, and I applaud all of them. I actually just did a live with Tarana Burke. I just met her on Wednesday. She started this over 10 years ago. Think about the slog and what she's been through to get us here, and I think we're all so grateful to her. But speaking out against people who do this is important, but not, again, necessary, but not sufficient. We need policies. Facebook, we published our sexual harassment policies publicly, not because they're perfect, not because they're not going to continue to evolve, but because we believe that we need a more open dialogue about these. We were also asked by a lot of small businesses, we don't have the resources to develop policies that we are, so we thought we'd share. And that would show the thing. And, you know, we'd love other people to share as well, because this needs to change at the policy level. At the policy level in companies, you need clear practices. Things need to be dealt with quickly. Things need to be dealt with fairly. Action needs to be taken. There needs to be no retaliation. We're going to take another break for a word from our sponsors. We'll return to my conversation with Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg after this. Today's show is brought to you by Freshly. Meal kits are so last year. Freshly is a new way to get dinner on the table in no time. Their chefs send you delicious, freshly prepared meals so you can eat better without a lot of work. No cooking or cleanup required. Their meals are delivered to your door fresh and ready when you are. Just heat them up when you're hungry. And I can attest my two giant sons really enjoyed them. They ate all of them before I even got a chance to try it. Freshly's chefs and nutritionists make sure that every meal is all natural, nutritious, and made with high-quality ingredients. So now you can come home late and still have a delicious chef-cooked meal waiting for you unless you have two giant sons like myself and then you go hungry. Just choose from their rotating menu of 30 options. Try Freshly and you'll see what it's like to put zero effort into making dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash decode and get $25 off your first order of six meals. That's $25 off plus free shipping at Freshly.com slash decode. I'd also like to tell you about one of our other podcasts, Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Peter, who'd you talk to this week? Hey, Kara. Guess who I talked to this week? I will tell you. I talked to Graham Yost. He is a a veteran screenwriter, wrote Speed, 
wrote one of my favorite TV series of all time, Justified. And he has a new series out on Amazon called Sneaky Pete. I think it's their most popular series, he told us. He knows how to tell a story. You know why? Because he's a professional screenwriter. So it's a good conversation. You will enjoy it. Sounds great, Peter. You can find Recode Media on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. So when you're talking about that happening, when you think of diversity in general, you know, Facebook's diversity numbers, not great. Google's, all of them are the same. Um, this is a group of lesbians who tack, because that's the name of the organization, apparently. Um, how do you... Thank you for that. Uh, anytime, I just want to make it clear for you. The logo's everywhere. I know. <laughs> what? You can't not know that. Why is that, Cheryl? I mean, we only have a few more minutes, but just why, what do you, what do, you do? Here you are at the top of an organization, now, it shouldn't necessarily have to be you that does it. You have been more active. What is wrong with tech that it continues to do this? So we know that more diverse organizations get better results, and we want a more diverse organization because we build a product that serves the world, and if we have more diverse voices and more diverse people building that product, it's going to be better. Uh, we have, in some ways a unique problem, which is a historical problem against women who go into technical and predominantly male fields. In the 1980s, women were 35% of computer science majors. Today, it's 17 or 18%. That's a problem and why I'm so glad to be at this conference, because this isn't just about the people in this organization, it's about getting more people in. I remember just a, well, I guess not just a few years ago, there, there's an ID tech camp, which is like a good tech summer camp a lot of parents in Silicon Valley send their kids to. And I sent my daughter and my niece and her friend, and they were three of the five girls in a class of like 20, and they were like seven. And I thought to myself, wait a second, we're already starting in the wrong place. Right. And but so not, we're working hard on it's this. It's not just a pipeline issue, it's an attitude issue. I mean, look at the Google suit that just yes. it's a it's, because pipeline's always the excuse. Pipeline, well, pipeline, pipeline. No, but it's culture. I'll give you an example that happened at ID Tech Camp. So my niece went, and there, it was a game. You're supposed to make a game, and she might have been seven. And the only kind of games they knew were, like, driving and aggressive games, and she said she wanted to make a word game. So she went to the counselor person, who was a kid from college, and he looked at her and said, no one's ever asked me that before. I have no idea. So she went home that night and said, you know, Aunt Cheryl, I don't want to go back. I was like, go one more day, try it. To that guy's credit, he came in the next day looking kind of tired and said, I stayed up, I know how to make a word game. And she made her word game. But what? But, but, but that is, yeah. but that is, that's the problem. And so it's cultural. And the good news is when it's cultural, it means we can change it. Lesbians tech, girls tech, women of color tech, black girls code, computer science and, le computer science and engineering lean in circles. The way to change culture is to the way to get more women into tech is to get more women into tech because for every young girl out there who sees this audience and hears from you, they now can't see this as an only male. And you think that removes the overarching, I mean, the, the Google, you probably read it, the law, so I know, I get, make a phase, it's true, it's, but it could happen in phase, those kind of things happen at all these companies. Obviously, Uber was the quintessence of all of that. Is, is there, it, can it not... Can you, I don't know if you can change their attitudes. I feel like some days you can. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes we take a step forward, sometimes it feels like when we take a step forward, the world takes a step back, and that's hard. But culture does change, and culture has to change. 
It has to. And here's why, right? We know that the data's on our side and now hopefully momentum's on our side. More diverse teams have better results. Relationships, if you're straight and they're more even, are stronger and happier. Fathers of children who are more involved do better. They do better psychologically, they do better emotionally, they do better professionally and, and, and in school. And so I'm sure with every movement, with every movement towards equality, there are the in, in lifting, inspiring moments and there are the moments when it feels impossible, but we have no choice but to change the Kind culture. of arguing that lesbians raise all children, which I think is right. Well, uh, can I say a word on that? Yeah. So, so gay couples share chores more evenly. So I'm not saying there's a choice, but if there were a choice as a woman, you're much better off with a woman. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because in straight couples, women are doing 30 to 40% more housework and childcare. And if we want to know part of what's holding women back in the workplace, that's a big chunk of it too, right? Because women have two jobs and men have one. Right. So I'm going to end up last thing. We've gone a little bit over the time, but I want to ask you this. Um, Just getting started. I know that. We can stay here all day. we, I interviewed you on stage and I asked you about Trump. It's hard, when you're talking about policy changes and attitude changes, we have a president who really doesn't believe these things. And you said well, at the time, in a, in a very Sheryl Sandberg way, we'll have to wait and see, it's the beginning of the administration. I didn't say all that. You did, I have no, I <laughs> It was a wait and see, I have the quote, I'll send it to you. I'm, I'm 100% correct. Um, but. How do you feel now? Because now Amazon's got to think about whether they're going to Atlanta, take Atlanta off the list because of the NRA thing. You've got issues around immigration, transgender. You all have to wade into this now because of the, the polarization. It's not just polarization, it's attacks on these things that have been moving forward. Do you think, I don't want to use the word lean in because you must hear it all the time, but do you think tech companies need to wait and see is enough? What do you... How do you feel about the Trump administration now? I wanted Hillary elected very badly. That was true then. It's certainly true now. I I think it's more important than ever that we speak out on the things that matter to us. I'm proud of what Facebook has done. In 2014, we launched 50 types of gender identity you could put on Facebook and a field where anyone could fill in whatever they wanted. We, there's, uh, there's 53 now, but go ahead. <laughs> and Well, there's an endless amount because there is a field, and that's very important in this, and we know. I'm very proud of our community within Facebook. You've been a big supporter. I know you're speaking at our, con- our conference next week, and we appreciate that. Pride. We, we have 100% rating from the human rights group that rates on companies and their treatment of LGBTQ employees. We cover gender confirmation surgery and all the ancillary things. We let any, tell anyone to use any bathroom they want. We speak out and we speak out often. And I think in the face of any administration, we have a high responsibility. And so what am I doing? I'm speaking out. I speak out on women. I've spoken out on immigration. I've spoken out on the transgender ban. I've spoken out on gun control. Mark's done the same on the issues he cares about. And we work all over the world. And there are issues all over the world, and we all need to keep fighting for what we believe. We also need to keep setting the right example, and I can't say again how important
important it is for young girls to see women and women of all types and backgrounds and colors and identity and, and sexual orientation who code. Because tech matters and you guys matter. All right, on that note, Sheryl Sandberg. So nice. Thank you, guys. All right, thank you. Thanks again to Facebook's Sheryl Sandberg for talking with me at the 2018 Lesbians Who Tech Summit. You can learn more about the summit at lesbianswhotech.org. If you enjoy this interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find all our past interviews in whatever app you use to listen to this or on our website, recode.net slash podcasts. If you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other Recode Radio podcasts. On Recode Media with Peter Kafka, you'll hear no-nonsense interviews with some of the smartest people in media and entertainment. I also host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from all of Recode's live events, including the Code Conference and Code Media. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then. Hi, this is Kara Swisher, host of Recode Decode. This year at South by Southwest, Vox Media is taking over the Belmont in Austin, Texas, and turning it into the deep end. The Vox Media Podcast Network will be doing some live tapings of Recode Decode, Recode Media, and The Vergecast at the Deep End between March 9th and March 11th. We'd love to see you there. If you want to attend, please request an invitation at voxmedia.com slash sxsw-2018. Again, to find out more information and request an invitation at voxmedia.com slash sxsw-2018. I'm Sean Ramosverum. I'm the host of Today Explained, a new show from Vox. It's an all-killer, no-filler daily news explainer that'll drop every afternoon. But not on the weekend. Our show's going to explain the news every way we know how. Clips, radio drama, maybe even a song. Today, Today Explained. Today Explained. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen.